What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. I know New Year's Eve is still around the corner, but let's be honest, it's not really a holiday as much as it's just a simple date change. New Year's Eve is the lamest holiday of all the holidays. Like, I I think I'm more of a fan of, like, Memorial Day than I am of uh, New Year's Eve. I guess Memorial Day is like a sad, that's a sad holiday when you really think about it. But for me... As a non-veteran, as just a person who's seen Memorial Day as a barbecue day, uh, to me that's more fun than New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is the most depressing, annoying holiday, and it's always the people throughout my life that love New Year's Eve. Like the more you love New Year's Eve, the more of a hot mess you are as a person. The more weight and pressure you put on New Year's Eve, the more garbage your life was or is. Because I always noticed the people that really put a lot of weight on New Year's Eve did so because it was a way just to like put all their problems on the date change. Like, no, no, no. It's just, it's because it wasn't my year. It wasn't because I didn't do anything and I'm a retard. It's because it wasn't my year. It's because it's next year and this simple date change and me telling myself is it's going to happen this time. I'm all about resolutions and, and setting goals for yourself. It's not about that, but generally, we know what it's like, right? Most people don't follow in on that shit. It's just a lame party. New Year's Eve, things are just more expensive for no reason. Uh, I'm not a fan, you know? I'm the Grinch of New Year's Eve, if you will. But outside of that, hey, I hope you had a great Christmas. Hope you had a great holiday weekend in that regard. The Santa rally's coming back a little bit in markets. We took last week off from the podcast. I was going to record one on Christmas Eve, and I was like, who's going to be sitting around sitting around listening to a finance podcast on Christmas? I, I know I wouldn't be, so I we just didn't do one last week just because uh, the way the dates fell. Um, but it's been a fun couple of weeks, huh? It's been a painful December for stocks. You know, November was pretty nice, and then what's been happening, we talked about on, on the last couple episodes, year-end sell-offs, inflation, Omicron, you name it. Pick your poison of of what's been messing with markets lately, all this uncertainty and things like that. My my thing is we've been seeing this for the last, I mean, as far as I can remember, at least the last few years, this tends to happen. Year-end sell-offs, especially in the stocks that did well throughout the year. They particularly take more of a hit this time of year because funds are rebalancing out their uh, accounts and reweighing their portfolios. Tends to be what's happening. I mean, and also like, Everyone knows I'm I'm a big Tesla holder. Elon selling ten billion dollars of stock over the month of December definitely helped uh, bring some discounts to Tesla, which is where I spent most of my money recently. I uh, have been buying up stocks over the last month, really. Not a ton. I did buy more Tesla. It's been my most my biggest purchase. I put a few thousand dollars more into Tesla. I put in a, another order for Novonics today. It didn't go through yet, so hopefully it goes through tomorrow. But I put in a limit order for another 250 shares of Novonics at $6.30 a share. I know we've been talking about Novonics for a while. And it ran up to almost $9 a share. And I still would like it. It, it It's still not a bad price there. I think it's going to go back, back past $9 again. But I was waiting for it to cool off and to get a better price. And I kept saying during that initial run-up, I wanted to buy it again in the $5 range. And I just don't know how 
if that'll happen uh, again anytime soon. So I'm going to not get greedy with it and just go for a low $6 price and just call it a day. Because I feel like after this next purchase of Novonics, I'm good for another year on the stock, I feel. I, I, still, I still think all these EV and infrastructure things are going to pass, even though I know it's having some trouble right now in the in Congress. I still think all this stuff's going to go through. The government's pushing EVs hard. The market's pushing EV hard. EVs hard. C consumers are demanding it. They're actually putting their money where their mouth is now. For years, consumers demanded EVs but never spent a dollar on them. So it, even though they were asking for it, you weren't seeing the market, the uh, the dollars following it. But now you are. So it's like, okay, let's 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 take let's uh, let's go for it. You know, I don't I don't invest in any other EV company other than Tesla, and I would advise the same. Yeah, you can go after Rivian and all that, but hey, man, it's just gonna. I I keep seeing. This, the same pattern though everyone has their little the little 15 minutes of fame on the carousel but ultimately tesla comes back and wins it happens every time it's going to keep happening and i think 2022 they're really going to separate themselves 2021 i'm surprised honestly i'm pleasantly surprised that tesla stock did as well as it did this year i kept saying a thousand dollars all year should be the price now we hit that almost in january of la of this year and then it took you know went down to $550 in the spring and then now as we know went on a tear tear of the year sitting at 1100 went to 1200 over 1200 um and I'm, I'm glad the stock went I kept saying it'd go to a thousand this year it did went above that glad for that uh and again pleasantly surprised because there wasn't a ton driving the stock other than just good delivery numbers there wasn't a lot of new products coming out you know, Giga Berlin got delayed, Giga Austin, the Cybertruck. So a lot of delays. And then, you know, Elon selling a bunch of stock. So things getting in the way of the stock's growth, but ultimately it's still doing very well for the year. So I'm excited for what 2022 is going to hold because I think that's going to be a much bigger year for Tesla even still. And so I'm kind of positioning myself as we wind up the year to uh, just kind of load up on the positions I wanted, you know, I've, I've bought enough square or block as, as we, as, uh, it's, they're now known. And we'll get into that more in a second block has been taking quite a hit. Um, I still haven't sold a single share and don't plan on it. So for those of you who have texted me being like, what's going on with square? Uh, hey man, it's what happens. We think in five year windows, I've actually been buying a little more square as it's in the one sixty price range, which I think is crazy. I think it's oversold. Um, I've been buying more for both my brokerage accounts. I bought more in my parents' account today, actually. I put some more in their account. Um, so I'm standing by it. I do still think uh, long-term it's a great investment. I think they're perfectly positioned in the fintech space. I think that space is oversold at the moment. The afterpay stuff I still hope goes through. There's been some uh, murky waters with that as of late. Just kind of delaying that that purchase that might now not go through until in the uh, the spring, but I still think that's a great purchase. Uh, I again, I'll double down on the stock. I like that Jack Dorsey left Twitter to focus on Block. Uh, I do think it's <laughs> and funny enough, Block is being sued by H and R Block. Go figure for name copyright infringement and logo infringement. Curious to see how that goes. There'll probably just be some settlement paid by Square. That's basically H&R just being like, hey, man, 
you're doing really well and we're in, our name is block so we want some money i don't know how strong of a case hnr block has like you don't own the name block so i don't know what their argument really is going to be uh, but again, I think it's just I'm just trying to grab some money from Square because they know they have it. Kudos. I, I, I love a good grift, you know. This is the equivalent of, uh, you know, going to an auto show and trying to trip on someone's display and get money. I feel like that's what H&R Block is doing. They're just walking around a trade show trying to trip on someone's display and get an insurance settlement. Just get a, or like a, a bot, uh, yeah, like a settlement check, just like a buyout. <laughs> it's like Block, that's what they're looking for. That's their business model. So I don't know how much validity it has, but that's what's going on. Um, but let's get rid of that. Um, yeah, I don't think that's going to go too far. If anything, it'll just be a little settlement check that, that Block sends over to H&R Block. It's weird calling Square a Block, but I'm trying to get in the habit of it. Um, seeing as that's what they renamed themselves to officially. Um it's weird. I'm I'm back in Michigan now. New York was great. I spent, you know, a good what, five, six weeks uh out of town the last well, the last five or six weeks, let's say. Um, since just before Thanksgiving was in LA, then New York after Thanksgiving for up until uh a couple days ago. And excuse me. New York was great. Love New York City, always re- reinvigorating. The COVID stuff was getting crazy as I left. Everyone I know is getting the Omicron vi- uh, variant. It seems to be a much less intense version of it. So it's like everyone was getting it in New York City. But it just seems like it's... I'm not trying to downplay. I guess I am a little bit. Because I do think that sometimes it's weird how like... And this isn't a, a COVID podcast or anything like that. I'm not trying to go um, you know, make this... Uh, a a COVID thing or political, but I just feel like there's, there's two different messages going out there right now where it's like a lot of like in the medical community where it's like, Hey, yeah, this variant's highly contagious, but you know, it's not nearly as bad as the last variant. And it's kind of starting to feel like it's starting to die off a little bit. Like, Hey, let these variants develop. And if they're not that bad, let's just everyone get it and be done with it. I'm fine with that. It's whatever at this point, the vaccines are available. If you want them taken, if not, who gives a shit? Let's get back to it, you know? And I'm going to take it as, as I've said on this show, anytime I see this variant stuff or like this co- these COVID scares, I use it as buying opportunities because it's happened three times now. And of course, we all know the biggest one, the March 2020 crash. That was the biggest grift of all of them. And since they keep doing these variants, and I think this last one's the last variant they got. It's the last one where they can get people to believe it. I think. I could be wrong. But I think this is the last one where people are going to start taking, where people are taking it somewhat seriously. But after this, it's a wrap. It's got to be. It's got to be. I'm not saying this isn't a, you know, a serious virus, but it's got to get to a point where it's like, okay, man, we got to just take our chances. You got to go out there. You might get sick. It's flu season. Hey, man, it's what it is every year. We can't shut down the entire world anymore for the shit. I mean, look what it's doing to the, look, look what it's done to supply chains already. We shut shit down anymore. God, it's going to be two years where you can get an iPhone. You know, I mean, go forget about it with cars. For, forget completely forget about it with cars. If you do anymore. I mean, inventories are already less than 10% of what they're what they usually want. 
It's insane. If you're trying to buy a car right now, oh man, my heart goes out to you. Good luck. Used market's up about 40, 45%. New market is good luck if you can even find them. 80% of all vehicles coming in are already sold before they touch a lot. So, and that's just with like big major dealers, uh, major manufacturers. When it comes to Tesla, I mean, they're gone already. They're, they sell direct and they can't keep up. So, you know, we can't just keep uh, pausing everything. And it is annoying too, because for me, like my entire January just got wiped out. I was supposed to be going to Vegas in a couple of days for CES, uh, but Google pulled out of that. Google, Amazon, T-Mobile, Microsoft. So I know there's some still some things still happening at CES in Vegas, but I don't know what. And I wouldn't be surprised if they just canceled everything outright at this point. It's, it wouldn't surprise me. So it's weird that we're going back on this roller coaster. I just want to get back to being able to work and travel consistently because I like putting money in my stock accounts. I just put a nice chunk. You know, I've been busy the last six weeks. I just put a nice chunk of money in, in my brokerage accounts because I've been spending over the last one month as these markets have been going, uh, taking haircuts. I've been trying to take advantage and I want to be able to keep doing that. So, uh, let's not shut everything down again, please. And we can't afford to, we can't afford to shut everything down and give everyone money again. We couldn't afford to do it last time. So look how bad inflation is now. We sit, we straight up cannot afford to, to print any more money, to do another stimulus, unemployment, all that. No way that's happening this again. There's no way. So we've, we've gotten past the point of, of being able to just let everyone sit at home and give them cash. Can't do that anymore. Thank God midterm elections are coming up. So no, you know, politicians are terrified of, of everything they're doing as far as COVID. Either they're going to solve it or not shut things down for it. Because you know Republicans are going Republicans are going to use that as a uh, a campaign marketing tool, and they should. <laughs> Why not at this point? Hey man, if you vote for me, I'm not going to. I'll let you make sure you can still go to work and go to concerts and shit. I mean, a pretty good voting platform at this point. I don't know. I just. Uh, I think it's I think this is the last round, the last round of, of of bullshit before we're out of it. Could be wrong, but I just I the patience is wearing thin. Even when I watch like uh you know, I'm a big European football fan, soccer as it's called, and I watched uh you know, I watched one of the highlight shows on on ESPN. One of the few things ESPN does right is a show called ESPN FC, like their shock their their soccer like sports highlight show. Essentially, it's sports center for soccer across Europe, and a lot of the commentators, even over there, and the and the analysts overseas, are kind of taking the same approach. Where one Ian Dark, one of my favorites from the UK, he kind of said, you know, we stopped football in the pandemic uh, from April to June of 2020, and it didn't really do much. So. You know, stopping football again. He's like, I'm not sure if that's the move. He's like, you know, we stopped football from April to June and the pandemic surged like crazy. So it's like, if nothing, it's like, you know, stopping football doesn't really slow down the pandemic. And so I, I think he's got a point there. And I think it's he's got a point with a lot of stuff where it's like, hey, making these extra measures and going the extra step doesn't really help. So we might as well have a quality of life. It's kind of what he said. He's like, just for the just for the morale of the country, for the morale of the people, we got to keep it going. And I agree with a lot of things, not just uh, uh, 
you know, European football, but of sporting events here. I mean, they're starting to can- cancel all these bowl games. Now, a lot of these college football bowl games are bullshit to begin with. But like tonight, they canceled the UCLA one. UCLA, I forget even who they're playing, NC State. They canceled it like four hours before the game. It's like, holy shit, guys. Like at that point, just go out there and give it a go. I mean, people have bought tickets. They float out there, got the hotel. They're like in, the, like, like people are tailgating, right? Getting ready for the game and they just check their phone. Oh, it's canceled. That's how shit's going right now, though. It's weird. Like with everything. I, I don't get it. I don't think it's just weird to be two years into this and we're still hopping back on the same roller coaster. I'm not trying to be depressing, but Jesus Christ, it's what's been going on. And, and Hey, if, if we see more people getting scared in the markets, take advantage. Like I've been saying, Here's what I've been loading up on. Like I said, mostly Tesla. Uh, I also think Spotify has hit a bottom recently, at like in the two twenties. So I think Spotify is at a very attractive price right now. It's been it kind of took a big hit. It went up to like almost four hundred a share. Now it's hitting the low two hundreds. And we kind of been trading sideways down there for a while. I think this is a good time to load up on some Spotify before it uh it takes back off because I've started to realize that streaming music is here to stay. You know, I can't imagine not having a premium Spotify service now or a streaming, uh, a premium streaming music service, whether it be Spotify, Tidal, whatever, Apple Music. I have stock in all those companies or whoever owns all those companies. You know, Block owns Tidal, Apple owns Apple Music, obviously, Spotify, Spotify. We'll have Google Music. We have Google stocks. We got them all. But I do think that there's a big, that's a huge market, especially when it comes to podcasting. And Spotify bought some Australian company that specializes in turning radio shows into podcasts. Like that, that there's so much revenue in the podcast game. And I feel like, you know, people my age and people listening to this show obviously are like are in there, are in that podcast world where, you know, you listen to two, three, maybe even more podcasts a week. Um, and so I think that's pretty common for the millennial generation. Or, and the generation below. But if you're looking at boomers, I think they're the next to fall. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if before long you see people like my mom listening to podcasts regularly. More than one. Like, I know some of my family listen to this podcast. And my mom listens to it. I think she says she does. I don't know how much she really does. You'd think she would. I say some mean shit on, uh, on here sometimes. She doesn't question it or say anything about it. So I don't think she does. She says she listens every week. But I don't think she does. I don't really give a shit. I mean, it's cool. I think everyone should. Hey, learn some stuff. I, you know, <laughs> but, um, but my point being is, I think that generation, the boomer generation, is going to be the next ones to jump on board and 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 really bring a lot of of uh, users to the to the platform and a lot of revenue to streaming st- premium <laughs> streamium to premium streaming music services. God, that's a tongue tongue twister. Maybe I it's just late and I can't talk. I, I'm having a hard time right now. I don't want to make a cup of coffee. It's pushing midnight on a Tuesday. I don't want to do that. And I already took a, a nap, like an evening nap before getting into this. I'm such an old man when it comes to, if I have nothing to do, I fall asleep at 7 p.m. on the couch. Like if I have nothing on my schedule, no shows at night to go to or sets to do anything like that, I will fall asleep at 7 p.m. on my couch right after dinner and then wake up around 11 o'clock or midnight and watch TV and then fall back to sleep until three in the morning and then wake up and then eventually go to my bed at about three thirty four in the morning. I mean, I'll sleep seven, eight, nine hours a night when I have nothing on my schedule and just have time off. 
but I'll spend not even three hours of that in my actual bed. <laughs> um, I feel like that's what it's going to be for the next month. Like I said, I'm back in Michigan. I don't have any, I was supposed to be, you know, in Boston this month, Vegas, LA, all that false, all that canceled. So I'm just going to be hanging out, working on some projects at home. Speaking of, uh, if you listen to this in time, this will be out, you know, late Tuesday night, first thing, Wednesday morning at midnight. Um, but if you catch this in the morning before market close tomorrow from 12, Pacific, 3.30 Eastern time, I'll be on Discord with Keanu Trades, my buddy Ryan Campbell. If you follow him on Twitter on Discord, Keanu Trades. He's a big option swing trader. Something I want to get into. I'm reading this book on Japanese candlesticks. I think it's called, what's it called? Uh, just Japanese candlestick charting techniques, second edition. If you look that up, it's a popular book. I've talked about it before on the show. It's hard to come by and it's not a cheap book. It's like a textbook basically. Like I, I found it for like 50 bucks. I think I paid like 50 or 60 bucks for it and that was a bargain and I bought it used on eBay. But I've been reading it and I'm like, damn, this book is really good. If you're trying to get into options trading, that's an incredible book. Um, I'm only like 50 pages in so far, but I, I can see why it's so expensive because people want it because the information is very, very well explained. Uh, I don't want to say it's not like it's, it's simple. It's not like options charting is not simple, but this book does a very good job of explaining a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm just I'm just getting into it. I'm I'm already very impressed by it. So I'll know more about that. But my point being, Keanu Trades is a big options trader, uh, very successful one at that. So join us tomorrow, twelve thirty Pacific, three thirty Eastern, as we we're gonna uh, have a live discussion through Power Hour. You know, the last thirty minutes of the stock market uh, open being open. And then we'll, uh, so we'll go through that and then probably do a little bit longer after the fact into after hours, um, uh, and just kind of talk about the market, talk about our, our, our own investing strategies. I know some of the things in the docket, we're going to talk about Tesla, Apple, Affirm, you know how we, I talked about Affirm falling apart. And by the way, Affirm totally, I, I totally is guilty of what I suspected on this show. When that stock was pushing 170, I started to turn sour on it. And for a handful of reasons, the biggest reason was people weren't paying their buy now, pay later commitments. They were like over a third were in default. I think it may have even been more than that. Like two thirds were in default already, which is not a good sign. And I was like, man, I really think a firm is just like lightening up their credit restrictions and just letting people use the service so they can build users. And then they can go to part, go to other companies like Target, Amazon, Apple, like they did and Walmart and say, Hey, look how many users we have. Do you want to, you should add our service to your platform. And they were getting a lot of like exclusive deals. And in doing that, every time they announced one, the stock would go up another 10, 15%. And that happened from since they IPO would up until they hit that 170 and then the bubble kind of popped a little bit. And when that happened, I kind of said, Hey, I think what's happening is like, I, I kept seeing all those, like they were buried underneath all these articles praising a firm, but every, for every five articles saying how great buy now pay later was, you'd find that one saying, Hey, um, they're not really letting the right people use the service and they're kind of letting everyone use it. And like more than a third of them are not paying it back already. So that's not good. 
because a firm wasn't making any revenue. They're not profitable, but they're making all these partnerships in this hot industry and this hot sector. And I was like, hey, I think they might just be inflating their user numbers to get partnerships and boost the stock price. And sure enough, now they're being investigated. And I think that's for what that's pretty much exactly it. They didn't say specify why. They just kind of said like, uh, like illegal practices, business practices, like misleading, basically the simple shit the what happens all the time, but they're now being investigated and it's going to come out that I guarantee that's what it's going to be. They're going to say, Hey, they were lax about who they let use the service. And they let a bunch of people use it so they could get users and then use that to go to, uh, other companies and secure strategic partnerships to further boost the stock. Like going into those meetings, like a CD, like a, like a good sports agent being like, Hey man, you want this player? Look at these numbers. You want these numbers? You're going to pay. That's what a firm was doing basically. And I, again, every time I see this stuff happen, I'm like, it almost makes me want to invest more. And at that point I said, Hey, a firm needs to be a hundred dollars. And it got back down to a hundred. It's at one Oh five now. And it was under a hundred a couple days ago. So it did it. We did it, gang. I still haven't bought any shares, but <laughs> we'll see. Just because, again, I say it all the time, I'm, I'm exposed to that industry through Square with uh, Afterpay or Block, let's say. Yeah, still weird calling it Block, but I guess I might as well get used to it. Um, see, I still haven't bought any uh, because... I feel like I'm exposed to that industry, but I'm just glad that I was right. It makes me want to get more into doing put contracts. I think that's something that me and Ryan, aka Keanu Trades, are going to talk about tomorrow. Is for some someone that's a long term investor, and like most people that listen to this show, probably a long term investor because that's how I always talk in five to ten year windows. But you know, we're going to talk tomorrow about using put options to hedge your bets against your own portfolio to be like, Hey, I don't want to sell my stocks, but I know things might be going down. Maybe let's do some put options to protect my downside here and make some money on the downside while I still hold my original positions. It's tricky, but that's the real, if you really know what you're doing, that's the way you can be just a baller and make killer money because then you're making money on the swings down and up while keeping your positions for the long term. So, which is what I'm always doing. You know, I added, like I said, Spotify I think is in a great position. They're gonna they're they got a lot of exclusive podcasting content. Airbnb I picked up more at like one sixty something. I think that's again I talk about Airbnb being being a classic disruptor and Airbnb is one of those stocks where it's like hey buy it while it's boring, buy it while it's not in the news because as soon as as soon as they're in the news big time it's too late. And I know everyone's gonna be hitting me up when they finally when it finally turns a corner and people are like holy shit Airbnb is a monster and it has so much potential. I know some people are already saying that and people think that all that stuff's already priced into the stock, but I don't think so. I think there's still so much room to grow with Airbnb and I'm excited to see what they do over the next five years. So while it's boring, take advantage. I do and did. Uh, bought more Tesla. Again, Novonics. Apple's one. I think every portfolio should be 20 to 25% Apple no matter what. It's a, it's a never sell. A forever hold. Always buy. Just never get rid of it. Apple's great. It always will be. It's like, and honestly, that new phone, man, a lot of my friends have that iPhone 13 and shit, I got to replace my phone soon here so I can do some more video stuff on the road. And I think I'm going to get the, the S21, the, the, whatever the fancy Samsung is right now at the time. Uh, I'm just going to go for that one. But 
damn, these new iPhones are are really uh, making a case. I might switch back over. I don't want to, but man, it's it's looking good. I'm going to pop into a T-Mobile this next week because I need to check out new phones anyways. And I have a feeling if they give me some good deals on these iPhones, I don't know. I might have to swing over there because uh, those phones just look amazing. Um, but point being is Apple is just their never sell. I love their MacBooks. I have an iPad. I'll always stay with my MacBook no matter what. Even if I have an Android, I'm still going to keep my MacBook. I love the MacBooks. Uh, it's probably going to be the same computer I buy for the rest of my life. But um, Apple's finally has some new products coming out. The the augmented reality glasses, goggles they're working on. That's going to be huge. I've heard rumors about how Apple wants to do away with the iPhone eventually and just make everything about those goggles, those augmented reality goggles, have everything in there, which seems terrifying. But hey, that's what Apple tends to do. Uh, they tend to be ahead of the game with with the, the products that we want and that we are most addicted to, and that's why like I I am big on Apple and Tesla. I so we say Tesla with Tesla. I haven't seen that kind of brand loyalty and brand power since Apple, and Tesla might be even stronger. But Apple has clearly proven that they are always going to make you know great products that we want, and they're going to charge for us. They're going to charge out the ass for them. They're going to charge us, and they're going to make their money. Tim Cook's a master of that. So never sell. Apple's been one I've been trying to buy up before the year ends because I think 2022 is going to be a big year for Apple. I don't care what the numbers, what the analysts say. I've been seeing more articles being like, ah, 2022 is going to be a dud for Apple. I don't think so. I really don't. I think these this iPhone 13 is killing it. I think they're going to report some big numbers when, they, when, these, uh, when these earnings reports come through for this last quarter on these iPhone numbers. I think they're going to, it's going to surprise some people. Um, and like I said, they just—it's the first time in five years you're gonna have a new product with these, uh, um, these AR goggles or virtual reality goggles. I don't know what the right term is for them, but you know what I'm talking about. So, I've been trying to load up on Apple before the year end because I think that's gonna be another one. I think Apple's gonna go back over 200 a share next year. So I'm trying to load up in the meantime. Um, I should have back when again when it was boring. I, sh- I got to take my advice when when stocks are boring. That's when you need to buy them. It's similar. Like someone said that about crypto. Like when Bitcoin's boring, that's when you need to be buying it. I'm like, God, that's so true. Like when it's exciting and they're in the news, that's when you need to be sitting back with your position being like, hell yeah, I got it. When it's boring, that's when you need to be loading up, backing up the truck, you know? Another sector I just want to reiterate before we get out of here too is uh, cybersecurity. You know, it's like we talked about it all year. I'm going to keep talking about it. I bought... And a couple of weeks ago, I think it was last month, I bought more Palo Alto networks around like 520, 530, I believe. Now the stock's at 570. It's going to go over 600. Again, I keep hoping for a, a Palo Alto Networks announcement on a stock split. I think the stock is very highly, it's just, it looks highly priced. It's not like I say Palo Alto is a good, it's a value play. It's a good deal when you compare it to other um, stocks in the, in the cybersecurity sector. But you know, it's not a very big company. It's a 40 some billion dollar company, $50 billion company with a $600 a share price stock price almost. So I'm hoping to see that stock split soon so we can uh, get more shares and see it kind of, I do still, even though you can do the splits, I know you can buy the pieces of shares. I still think that psychological effect works. I honestly feel it's why Apple had a better year last year than Amazon did. I don't see why, 
uh, Amazon. The stock just seems to be stagnant. It's been trading sideways for over a year. I, I keep saying to buy Amazon. So it's a you know, it's one of those like big tech companies to use. Is like you know people invest in like ETFs and so I'm like instead of investing in ETFs, just invest in big tech like the Fang companies, Facebook, uh, Alphabet, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Just invest in those. Um, uh, Apple is also in there. Um, oh yeah, I said I counted Google and Alphabet twice. What's it? Fang is Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. There we go. Just invest in those that make that your ETF, those individual companies. But I think Amazon traded sideways and is going to continue to for a little bit because it's like they need to split the fucking stock. I know you can buy in splits uh, and pieces all over in different apps, but I, there's still a psychological effect to the splits uh, of stocks. Uh, and so I think Apple has benefited from it. They, they Apple has done a very good job of splitting their stock at the correct times. Tesla has done a good job of it. I've heard rumors of Tesla stock splitting again. I don't think it will, uh, not for a little while still. So I don't see it splitting this year or next. So if you're betting on that, don't just invest in the company because it's a good company to invest in, not because the stock's going to split. Um, but I do think that's going it, to, it's, there's a company that's going to do for it. Shopify, Palo Alto networks are overdue. Hopefully they do it soon, but if not, they're good companies to still invest in in the meantime. So make sure you're exposed to the, to the cybersecurity space. I still think Wall Street's underestimating just how much revenue is coming to that sector and already has been. It's going to continue. I think those budgets are going to even go up every year for the next, for the coming like five to 10 years, for at least next five years, I think cybersecurity budgets are going to increase every year with companies because they're going to have to. I mean, ransomware attacks are through the roof. Phishing schemes are through the roof. It's like hackers are getting better and better and more and more prevalent every day. So to accommodate that corporations and even small businesses are having to allocate more of their yearly budgets to cybersecurity. And those budgets are going to keep rising. They raised last year. They're, uh, they're raising for next year and it's going to keep happening. They're going to keep raising the budgets to be able to afford that good cybersecurity protection. Cause you need it, especially for certain industries. You know, some people can get away with something happening wrong once or twice, but when it comes to certain industries, like mainly financial, there's no room for error. Someone fucks with your money once, you're finding another institution, right? So, you you know, companies that provide the right service can charge a penny for it, you know, a pretty penny, and they're going to. So, that's what's happening. Um, stick on board with those. I will. You should, too. Um, and lastly, before I get out of here, I'm getting further along into succession on HBO, and I'm almost done with the first season, and I can confidently say that Billions is a better show. Let's have an argument about that. I know people are going crazy about Succession and how much how great it is, and I'm 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 almost done with the first season, and it's a good show, but I'm not seeing what you're all getting at. I think it's one of those things. It might be one of those things where everyone's just falling behind it because they're like, oh, it's HBO, it's 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 hip, it's trendy. I have to say how good it is because then people will, will know that I know good art and I know good shows and good acting. It's like, yeah, man, it's a good show, but it's not better than Billions. It's not better than Paul Giamatti as Chuck Rhodes. Okay. Watch them both and tell me I'm wrong. Maybe it's because I'm such a fan of the stock market. But even just from the pure writing and acting standpoint, Billions is a better show. If I remove my fandom of the financial sector, I still think that Billions is a far better show than Succession. No knock at Succession. I'm going to finish recording this and go watch more of it. That's that's my next immediate move once I'm done finishing, you know, 
getting this episode all written up and, and posted. I'll go watch more Succession. But it's not better than Billions, okay? Go out there and do the research. Get some stocks, you know. Uh, I think um, the the buying opportunity that just presented itself is kind of starting to wear thin a little bit. Tends to happen, like, as we get into January. My my two cents, my advice, buy. If you have money in your accounts, pick up some stuff you want today and tomorrow as uh, before New Year's. And then as January hits, I say just hang out, hang out for a week or two or even a month. Hang out for a month. Watch the month of January. I think things might get ahead of itself like they did last year again. So don't buy a ton in January because you might see yourself buying at high levels. Um, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to buy now as the year ends for a lot of stuff. Take advantage of this December dip. I know the Santa Claus rally is hitting right now, which is great. I love it. But that's also why I'm glad I took advantage of these dips the last couple of weeks because I think the Santa rally is going to lead into 2022. I think January is going to be a nice, healthy month, and then uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm just trying to position myself to just kind of sit and wait for a month or two come January, February. So I'd advise doing the same, like always. But hey, do your own thing. I'm just telling you what I do and uh, how it's been working for me, and I, it's been doing okay, you know? So um, just my two cents. But hey, if you're listening to this, why wouldn't you want to take my advice? It's what you're here for, right? Shit. All right. Get out there and do it. Bye.